everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything related to transforming parishes, which is even more timely than ever right now, given all that's happening. And as always, I'm here with Nick and Mary, my co-hosts. Guys, good to be with you. Good to be with you, Father. Yeah, great to be here, Father John. So Nick, what do we got for a topic today? This is really timely, given what's going on in the country. It really is, Father John. And today um, on this episode, we want to exhort uh, priests, right? Our brothers, our friends here to press really deeply into what we call God as the architect, a principle for parish transformation. And we want to offer some practical but non-prescriptive ways um, for them to father their spiritual children right now during this time. But before we really unpack this, Father, as we do every single episode, will you pray us in? Absolutely. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we do thank you for the grace that it is to be alive right now at this time and that you willed us to be alive right now, wherever we are uh, across the country or even across the world. Lord, we ask for uh, ears that are able to hear your voice and to discern your will for our families and in a special way today for our parishes. Lord, we just ask for your anointing and a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon all the priests in this country and upon all the bishops and all those who closely assist them, that we might be attentive to what it is you're asking of us and that we might have the courage to do it. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I might add something real quick. It just came to mind as I was listening to you describe what we're going to talk about. Nick, we want to make abundantly clear as we begin, I don't want to presume guys aren't doing anything. We know a ton of priests. We're going to share some ideas that we've heard who are just being so courageous and creative and just pressing into God. But I also know some guys who are struggling. And so this is really intended for, for guys who are, um, they're just not sure, like, I don't know what to do right now. So we just want to make that really clear. But Mary, the news today kind of sets up uh, this conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So slowly but surely, things are starting to open up here in Michigan. Uh, blessed be Jesus. Uh, the sun is shining today. And uh, our governor issued a new order, easing some of the restrictions a bit through, I think, May 15th. We can play and golf. I know, among some of those things. I mean, we can, we can uh, get our golf clubs back out and head to the course. Uh, we'll be walking. We'll be walking. We won't be riding in a cart. Um, but for the most part, we're entering, even as we slowly enter back in, we're going into a very different world than the one that we left, right? It's almost like that 9-11 time frame where after 9-11, like everything changed. This is somewhat like that, I think. Yeah, maybe with that, sticking with that image, uh, so much of life went back to normal, unless you were traveling. Now it's going to be like we're perpetually in an airport post 9-11, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. I, I read Peggy Noonan's column this morning in the Wall Street Journal. She, she had a great image, I thought. She says, you know, we, we've absorbed the pandemic and the lockdown. We've marveled, complained, made jokes. Now we're absorbing that the America we stepped away from when we walked into the house isn't the America into which we'll reemerge. It may look the same, but it will be different. Man, that is just so spot on. It's a great image, isn't it? Like a month ago or however long ago it was for us, we left, quote unquote, America, went into our homes, quarantined, 
and where some of us are about to slowly begin to come out, but we're coming back into a different country in a new normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, even as you say that, Father John, um, it's like going back into the parish is going to be the same thing, right? We left the parish, if you will, quote unquote, went into our house and now we're going to start coming back into our parishes in some capacity, but it's not going to be the same. I mean, that's the, in fact, perhaps the only thing we really know right now is that it's not going to be the same. So, I mean, we see right now uh, news coming out. Some bishops are starting to open up public masses again, um, which praise be Jesus, right? We want to see, we want to, as soon as we can return to more sacramental access. However, um, it's not, and people are clamoring, right? Lay people, Priests were, so many of us were clamoring, we're, we deeply desire and hunger for the Eucharist, uh, for confession, to just get back, to see liturgy, to be a part of the liturgy, worship God in that way. And the reality is, even though we're desiring that, even though we're kind of pressing in for that and maybe pushing for that, it's still not going to look the same. I mean, just, if nothing else, just social distancing, as we've said before, is going to probably cause a long delay before we even see the return to the Sunday obligation Right. I mean, so many dioceses have um, had dispensation from the Sunday obligation because of this, and that's going to linger longer. And so some of us might start getting to mass soon, but some of us might be months away from getting back to mass with any normalcy or regularity. So Father John, there's, I mean, it sounds wonderful to get back to this, but we know it's going to be a while yet. So what's the reality we're facing as churches start to kind of open up, if you will, there's yeah. got to be some practical difficulties. Yeah, it sounds beautiful, right? Like, we want the sacraments. Well, that's great. Uh, and if you're in, you know, different parts of the country where it's uh, a bit more rural, perhaps, you might be able to return and gather more or less the way people did uh, before because the churches weren't as full. But man, if you live in New York City or Newark or, you know, Detroit uh, or a whole Miami, uh, the, the expectation that you're going to be able to just go back to mass, that's not going to happen again. Um, no. Because you, you're you not going to be able to gather hundreds, let alone 1,500 or 2,000 people together at Mass on a Sunday. So there are major practical difficulties with churches are open, but now how are we, we going to provide for the people in a way that respects what it is that our governors are yeah. uh, mandating and opens up some access to people uh, to receive the sacraments. And, and that, that just feeds perfectly into the topic, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, today's topic, focusing on God being the architect, that he's got plans for us, right? We're going to get there in a minute. The reality is best practices, those things maybe we relied on in the past, are gone. I mean, they're pretty much irrelevant. Um, so at this point, it's like replanning, rethinking, redreaming, but most especially praying through, what does it look like to minister in this time? Right. No one's ever been here before. Mm-mm. Like nobody has ever been here before. So there's, there are no best practices that we can look at and consult because this is entirely new and it's going to be new and changing for months. At least that's what we have the expectation of, right? Exactly. And so God is the architect to just really start to get into this comes from um, Exodus 25 and following, right? Moses um, is receiving from, from the father. So, Mo, so, so God is saying to Moses, build according to the plan. I will show you in reference to the tabernacle, right? Over and over again, build according to the plan. I will show you. And so this is where this comes from us, uh, for us. And we'll talk more about what that means, but sometimes we think it's helpful to say, what doesn't that mean first? 
right? Yeah, so here, here's God saying to Moses, he's, gonna, he's constructing the tabernacle, right? Which is the, the place of encounter between God and the people of Israel as they're on the way to, into the promised land. And, and as you say, Nick, like the Lord says on a number of occasions in Exodus, build according to the pattern that I will show you. So are we supposed to imagine that like Moses sits down and then like he gets a mind meld with God, like, ooh, like, you know, or a blueprint fell from the sky or a hand was writing on the wall or drawing something on the wall. No, not at all. I mean, the image is simple. First of all, the principle is simple that God already has a pattern, a plan, a blueprint. So therefore, it's not Moses's task to come up with it, but it is Moses's task to discern it, right? And so it's not, uh, the principle is not supposed to give the, the simplistic idea or suggestion that we're passive in this process and that, uh, that, that, that some sort of magic happens and we see something. So that's what it's not. But Mary, maybe you can speak into what it is, how we really try to teach people about it and how we use it ourselves as a, as a team in Acts 29. Yeah. So um, I think pri primarily the best way to explain it is, is it means, first of all, being very intentional and very deliberate about carving out some time to go before the Lord, not just by yourself, but with your team. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But some time to go before the Lord so as to create a prayerful disposition. And it's not so much to have the Lord bless our plans, what we already have on our minds and in our hearts, but to ask the Lord rather to open up our minds and our hearts so as to hear what his plans are. Um, so in other words, it's, it's simply creating an environment that's conducive to allowing the Lord to speak. And he will speak, and he'll do that in a variety of ways. He'll speak to us through an inspiration or through a sacred scripture or perhaps someone else that's in the chapel with you. Um, so we're, we're just not asking him to bless what it is we have on our hearts. Again, we go to him seeking his plan. Right. And, and prayer is not just an agenda item, kind of like we talked about last time. And the word that comes to mind or the two words that come to mind takes me back to when I was um, writing the uh, paper I wrote on John Paul's uh, work on marriage. What we're really trying to, to create is an attitude of active receptivity. So it's not a passive process. We want to be actively receptive. In other words, we want to be engaged with the Lord in prayer saying, Lord, we know you have a plan for us. So that's the, that's the active part. We know this. We're coming into your presence, and we're coming in with an expectation that you're going to show us something or say something to us, however that's going to happen. And it usually happens in very normal, ordinary ways, right? That's the receptive part. So we, we expect to receive something from you because you're a good father and you're not nervous, and you created us for this time, and you have something you wanna show us because you're concerned not simply for us individually, you're concerned for the well-being of your people who are hurting right now. And so we trust that you will show us what to do, right? Yeah, I, I just, as you're speaking, Father, I'm thinking about something in particular as regards these days that we live in. I think, I think we've talked about it before. Um, we used to live with this, um, absolutely ridiculous notion that we're in control. 
And I think today as we now move into prayer, we have the recognition that we are utterly and totally dependent upon God. And that dependency is what you walk into prayer with. Mm. Right. So um, as Nick mentioned earlier, like best practices, as great as they are, they're kind of out the window right now. There's just this deep dependence upon the Lord. And that's something I think that in the past, maybe we might not have had that radical dependency, but we're walking in new territory. So yeah, it's that, a beautiful that's going to aid our prayer. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you, you were thinking, Mary, like, th- this is just the time to be creative, right? Right. So, um, so you want to bring um, your creative people around you, uh, people who are deeply prayerful, uh, people that you find inspiring, people that you know go before the Lord listening and can respond to that. And so, again, you're not going into the chapel alone. You're bringing a team of people with you, maybe three or four people um, that you can go into prayer with and come out of that prayer then and then start talking with one, one another. What did you hear the Lord say? Yeah, and maybe just speak a little bit more into that right now. So that practically for some people, you might be able to gather as a team. You know, some people, the restrictions might be lifted. For other people, maybe not. Maybe you're still doing this by a Zoom call or a phone conference, whatever it might be. So what does this look like? I mean, the first practical step, right, for a pastor right now is who are like three, four, five people who I know I can trust, Mm. um, who are prayerful, Mm -hmm. who have this disposition of being actively receptive, um, who uh, have distributed or have exhibited some characteristics of being creative, innovative, open to whatever the Lord might want to do. So people that we interact well with each other, people who I trust, you know, like they're not going to hesitate to go, "Mm, Father, uh, you sure about that? Like, I'm not sure that's a great idea. So they'll push back, you know, but they'll do it respectfully and charitably. Um, So who are those people that I as a priest know, as a pastor know, are around me? It might be a leadership team I already have. It might not. Some guys have one, some guys don't. But right now, I need to gather people around me because the implications of the social distancing and whatnot, they're not going away. And so it, it's essential for that, right? Nick, I mean, you, you are so big on um, the importance of becoming healthy as a team. And you, I mean, there's a couple of characteristics you're always just identifying readily. Is there anything in your mind that we can just say to a pastor like, hey, go for these guys, these men and women, be careful of these people because that's that's going to be toxic for this kind of an exercise that we're going to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, maybe two positive, two negative that come to mind right away. First is, you already said it, Father John, trust, right? I have to have tremendous trust when I'm thinking outside the box with people and discerning the blueprint together, right? So trust is, is the, in the affirmative. We want tremendous trust. Uh, the second thing we want is, um, you know, People who are willing to, yeah, just, I mean, think outside the box, right? Like we, we can't say like, well, we can't do that for X reasons. You know, I mean, sometimes of course there's things we can't do, but you want people who are really capable of saying, I'm willing to go somewhere we haven't been before and be uncomfortable together for the sake of the gospel. Right. And then maybe two negative things that kind of come to mind. If you want to say it that way, two, two, two challenging characteristics that you wouldn't want in this environment would be the first one, somebody who maybe tends to have their own agenda, right? Mm. I don't, Mm. I, I don't want you to come to this if you have your own agenda for things, because at that point it's becoming about you. It's going to infect the discernment, if you will, in a negative way. And so that's, that's a characteristic we don't want. And then probably the other one is, um, I mean, it's just really the opposite of, of the creativity, right? The entrenched, the entrenched, like, 
we've always done it this way kind of thinking or um you know uh the the naysayers if you will because this is a time for creativity this is a time for new new normals amen and and even as you're saying that i mean so as a pastor right now so here, this is what i did for uh, the first couple of years both places where i've been fortunate enough to pastor i had to spend time first just saying again going back to moses who was rebuked by his father-in-law jethro at a certain point like son, you're trying to do everything on your own. You can't do this. You're exhausting the people and you're going to wear yourself out. You need 70 wise men to help you. And I know for me, man, that was so powerful. It was, it was such an obvious reality, but it wasn't until I just started to walk around the church and I would just pray over and over again, Lord, I need 70 wise men and women or 12 wise men or women or five wise men or women. Bring them to me. Like, help me to find them. I know you have them here in the parish. God has placed in every parish an abundance of gifts, and every person in the parish has gifts. But right now, you want him to show you, like, bring me, if I don't know them yet, those two, three, four people who can really help me lead at this particular time. So that might be the first step to do, is just to ask him to show you that, then to gather them together around. And then we're doing... Uh, you know, kind of like we're doing this podcast right now. We're doing it by Zoom, you know, so everybody's Zooming right now, all right? So you might have to, you might have to do this by Zoom or maybe it's a phone call again. And, and what you're going to do is as a pastor, I'm going to sit down and I go, Mary, Nick, you know, Steve, Chris, here's the challenges in front of us. I, I got four things in particular as a pastor I need some help on. One, it looks like we're going to be able to offer mass again publicly. That's awesome how are we going to do this with this new normal that we have and social distancing and people having to, you know, uh, limit how many folks can come into a space. So um, we need to be aware of that and connected with that. Um, maybe we're going to find other ways where we're going to celebrate mass and then there's going to be a distribution of communion afterwards. So that's the first topic. I want to gather you guys around me. I want to address this topic. A second topic is I want to figure out how I can act, uh, allow people access to confession. We got people who haven't gone to confession for five weeks who, who normally go like every week. Man, I'm glad I live with a priest. I get to go every week. I don't know what I do <laughs> otherwise, you know? Um, so that's the second topic. Third topic, I want to figure out, I want you guys to help me prayerfully discern how we can offer opportunities for people to adore with the Blessed Sacrament. And last, I need you guys to help me discern how I can, if I'm not already, bringing the word of God on a daily basis to people as their pastor so that they can feed on scripture. Okay, so those are the things. So I'm going I'm to identify the people. I'm going to call the people. If I haven't already, I'm going to ask them, will you help me with this? I'm going to say, here's what I need your help with, mass slash communion. Two, confession. Three, adoration or exposition. Four, teaching, preaching the word of God to the lay faithful. Does that make sense to you guys? Uh, perfect sense, Father John. I, that's great. So, so they, they have these four areas that we're recommending, right? Now, now, now what does that look like? Look yeah, so, so, we're gonna, so I've gathered you. Here's the things we're going to do. We're going to spend some time together. Um, in prayer. So how, what do I mean together, right? So we're all going to say, if we can't gather together live, hey, how about we take the next 15, 20 minutes and we go pray. You go find that room in your house that you set aside as a prayer chapel. If you got access to a chapel, great. But maybe it's just where you are right now. Fine. 
15, 20 minutes together, mindful that uh, the Lord promised that where two or more are gathered in his name, he would be there. So even though we can't be physically together, he's, he's with us. And I might throw out that little passage in Exodus 25, where God says, which you said earlier, Nick, where, where he says to Moses, build according to the pattern. And we just go into prayer with an expectation that God wants to help us. And so we, Mary, like you said, we come before the Lord saying, Lord, we are utterly dependent upon you right now. We don't know what to do. We've never been here and nobody else has either. But we know you're not anxious and we know you have a plan and you have a plan for our particular parish with our own unique circumstance. And so we're asking you to inspire us and to guide us now to put ideas into our minds, uh, inspirations, maybe it's a scripture passage, maybe it's an image, who knows, however it is that God speaks to you. Lord, we trust that you will do that. And then we're going to emerge from that. And we're going to get back on a call if we can't be there together. And we're going to begin to talk about these areas. So we're going to start first, very practically. Okay, let's talk about mass and communion and how we might be able to do that. And, and we do what we call, it's our own version of a sprint, right? Yep. And so you guys might be able to speak. We do this all the time in Acts 29. We got an idea that we want to talk about and we do something. What do we do when we do these? Yeah, so, I, so Nick, I want you to share what a sprint is, but before he does, we just want to make a distinction. This is, a, this is not a brainstorming. This is, this, is, this is nuanced somewhat. So Nick, take it away. It's a great process we use all the time. Yeah, so, so this, is our, this is our own little <clears throat> iteration of a sprint, to be clear, right? So um, after we pray, we, we come back around the table, or as Father John said, around the Zoom, around the Zoom table, if you will. And we're just going to take a few minutes um, to, to basically using post-it notes or a piece of paper in front of you, just write down all the ideas, both, both from prayer that are coming up in your mind right now, trusting the Holy Spirit, right? Um, as solutions to this possible thing. So in this case, we're talking about mass and distribution of the Eucharist, right? So I'm writing these things down. So we're going to generate in a short amount of time as many ideas as possible because when we brainstorm, usually all type turns talking. But right now we want to write down all the original ideas we can on paper and then go around to start sharing those and talking about them. So we're trying to truncate the amount of time and maximize how many ideas we can get because that's where we're going to find the best possible solution. It just sounds so uh, simple. I can't tell you, like my experience as a, as a as a man and as a priest, when I saw this first done, it was a game changer for me because brainstorming doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is, so we got people like Mary who are really processed people. When they speak, like every word that comes out of their mouth is well thought out. You know, Nick and Steve and I, we open our mouth, words fall out. I mean, it's a completely <laughs> different thing, right? So. So we, we, we speak, and, and as we're saying things, we're like, I don't think I should be saying this. This is a stupid idea, and I know that as I'm saying it, but it's how, that's how I think, right? And that's how Nick thinks, and that's how Steve thinks. Chris and Mary, totally different way. And so if we do a brainstorming, Nick and Steve and I, we're going to dominate the conversation, and Mary and Chris are going to be going, mm, I don't know if I should say that or not. Um, so, so you have people who love to talk, and you have people who don't think that way. And so if you brainstorm, you don't get all the best ideas. Plus, like you just said, Nick, we, 
we, we can't all be saying something at the same time, unless it's you and me and Steve, <laughs> and then nobody can hear. Does anybody feel my pain out there? <laughs> so here's a way where we, we're all, quote unquote, talking at the same time, because in, in, in a condensed amount of time, and it's short because you want to feel the pressure, like we got four minutes to address how are we going to celebrate Mass, given the fact that we can't put hundreds of people in the church and we can't just do what we used to do. So four minutes, write down every idea you've got. And so everybody's coming up with these. And then like, at the same time, the other last benefit of this, oftentimes if the pastor says what he's thinking, then everyone's just gonna go, well, that's what he's thinking. So that must be the best idea. Ideally, the way we do these, nobody knows whose idea they are because you just take the post-its if you're able to do this live and you put them on a wall and then you're starting to, you're able to go through those and go, okay, which ones are the best ideas? And then only after you've identified the best ideas that you, do you ask, now whose idea was this? And so it's just an incredible opportunity to get the best stuff out there mm -hmm. in the shortest amount of time. So we'd encourage you to start, do it this way with mass and communion. And, and we've seen, you know, different examples, right? Different people have done different things. So um, they're actually, uh, I mean, there are some best practices for some of these things, right? And so some people might know some of these things and some people might not, but, but what people have done in their own parish may not work necessarily in yours. And so Nick, you talked about, you know, offering practical but not prescriptive ideas. We've seen a few for, for mass and communion, right? What have we seen? Yeah, we have. So um, we have seen uh, masses being done outdoor outdoors right i mean that's been happening around the country we've seen images come through maybe you've people out listening have seen those images come through uh, we've also seen uh mass celebrated um like outside but in cars right so people are in their cars parked in the parking lot social distancing respected and and mass is being offered and communion being distributed through the parking lot that way so um just even that right there is a great example of ways to get creative to think differently about this you know right so, so there's, there's one sprint, right? Or our version of a sprint. So that's the first thing. Then the pastor is going to say, okay, let's take some time now. We're going to move to the next topic. What about confession? How in the world am I going to be able to offer confession for a parish of, you know, maybe I got 12,000 people or even a thousand people. How am I going to be able to do that? I don't know that I can come up with the ideas on my own. I want to hear what the Lord's revealed to you. And so again, same thing, boom, four minutes or six minutes, whatever it is, it's a short, very accelerated amount of time. Write down all the ideas that you got, and then you go through them, you talk about them, you look at them, right? And so we've seen drive-through confessions, we've seen you know, like a guy sits in his house and people, you know, it's, like, it's almost like the bank teller, you know? And so you just have <laughs> cars drive by through the window. I mean, that might be where your parish is situated, where you're you're able to do that. You got a nice circular driveway and people drive in. I mean, who knows, right? But the ideas will come as people, maybe you give them a lollipop afterwards, right? Or, you know, um, there's something you can do and the spirit's going to inspire people to do it, right? So that's the second idea. Or the third idea that I want feedback from people on um, and prayerful insight on, not just feedback, is I want, I, there's this hunger for people to be in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So same thing, four minutes, six minutes, everybody writes down, how can we give people in this new time that we're living in and going to be living in for months, access to the blessed sacrament, right? 
And we've seen some things, Mary, you've seen some ideas out there from different parishes, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the Blessed Sacrament exposed in parking lots. Uh, I've seen um, the Blessed Sacrament exposed through rectory windows. And um, some parishes in our area have actually stayed open, perhaps like a lot of parishes across the country, limited hours with social distancing guidelines in place to still come before the Lord and, and, and to adore him and be in his presence. So people We've seen two priests fly in a plane with the Blessed Sacrament, That's right? Doing right. benediction over the people that they live with. Right. Um, I, I've seen a guy do exposition on his roof, his rectory roof. We've seen <laughs> bishops stand wow. on street corners with the Blessed Sacrament, just blessing everybody that's coming yeah. by. There's a great friend of ours, Father Joe Krupp, who's been walking through the neighborhoods in uh, where he is in the Diocese of Lansing, just walking down the street with the Blessed Sacrament. Bishop I mean, Strickland took it out in Tyler, Texas at an intersection and just, exactly. and just stood with the Blessed Lord. And, right. and so, gosh, you know what? God's just going to God's going to move mightily. He just wants us to come before him. He's going to inspire us to do all kinds of things. Absolutely. And so the last thing that we want to encourage uh, brothers to just kind of uh, gather people around him and help do a, our version of a sprint on is, is some sort of daily teaching and preaching on the word of God. And, and I might ask the two of you as, um, as lay members of the faithful, if, if you just speak into that from your unique perspective, on why that's so important. Uh, you know, because of social media, um, we have access to a lot of great content, right? So we talked about that earlier, great content, but we still wanna make sure that we're relational as we try to dive into all of that. And so like you guys, I mean, I, I've been listening to Bishop Barron and I've been listening to Father Mike Schmitz and I love to jump online and hear, you know, hear the homilies for the day. But quite honestly, I, I want to see the face of my pastor and, and I want to hear his voice. And even if you have a great staff, right, great leaders and great teachers out there who can, who can teach, I mean, you certainly want to press into them. But, but at the end of the day, just as a wife and a mom and our family, we want to see our pastor's face and his voice. We want to know you're okay. And that just helps us to see you. And that may sound silly, uh, but you're our spiritual father and uh, we still look up to you and, uh, and we need you more now than we ever have before. <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly right. I feel the same way, Mary, you know, I might listen to, to, to a Bishop Barron or some other pre favorite preacher of mine uh, in these days, you know, but um, the reality is I don't have a relationship with them, you know, mm -hmm. or if I do maybe one of them, I don't, I don't have a relationship with them and I want to hear from my local pastor, because you're the one fathering me in this unique way during this time. And so to hear from you, to hear how you're doing, um, to hear what God's saying to you in your prayer over those scriptures daily, I mean, that's, that's, that carries a unique weight. So even if you're looking at yourself like, well, Baron's out there, why do I need to do something? No, 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 please, please preach to your people. We want to hear from you. We want the word opened up, especially during these days where we're starving for the, the Eucharistic feast, we're not, we're not having that. And so we're turning to the word more than ever uh, to be fed. And so to hear from you, hear what God's saying to you is like a local impact in my relationship with you. Even if, again, I only see you on Sundays and we don't know each other that well, I'm dialed into what you're saying because it's, it's, it's the most relevant uh, to me. It's the most relevant in my life. 
So two other things that just come to mind as I'm listening to both of you. One is, as great as it is to listen to people, you know, like Bishop Barron or to see Cardinal Dolan and St. Patrick's, the task in preaching is to say, what is the word of God saying to this family? And our families are different, right? As a priest friend of mine often says, the sanctuary in a parish, like that's God's living room. That's where the father comes and speaks to his children. And so as awesome as Cardinal Dolan is, and as, and as great as the insights Bishop Barron will give, or I might give, whatever, they can't, they, they can't necessarily be unique to our own community in the same way that the pastor or the priest serving in that community can speak the word of God to that community. The second thing that came to mind is just a, a younger priest friend of mine. He, was, he and I were on the phone when this whole thing broke. And he said, you know, he called his dad, who's a, a younger, uh, younger father, and uh, he just realized hearing his dad's voice immediately put him at ease. And so since he was, his dad was at ease, he was at ease. And so he, he, he was intuitive enough to realize, huh, same principle probably applies for the people that I'm a spiritual father to. The more they can hear me speak to them and know that I'm okay, and here's God's word to us right now, they'll be at peace too, right? So that's why it's so important to find ways, as we're talking about doing our version of a sprint here, how can we get out every single day something where we can break open the word of God in such a way that it applies to our unique parish family, right? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways that we can leverage simple technology to get teachings out there, whether Father wants to give a daily message or whether he wants to um, have a a week-long Bible study or a two-week-long Bible study for families. There's ways to get content out to your people. And Father, as I'm hearing you speak, um, um, we at our parish, we have the ability to, to live stream masses. And so there's something to seeing the sanctuary that I'm familiar with and occasionally hearing our pastor. But the last thing we want is to have the adopted fathers in this time, mm. right? Mm. He, he wants to hear from us. And we want to hear from them. And even as we were talking about, you know, that, that sprint exercise, maybe something even as families that we can do is as we come together in prayer, and these things are very much on our hearts. If you come together in prayer and you've got some ideas, um, send them Father's way. You know, if you don't already have an interactive way to connect with your, with your pastor, simply put him in a card and a note. We miss you. We love you. We're praying for you. And by the way, just tossing a few ideas your way. Yeah. And as so, a pastor, I'll, I'll just weigh in on that real quick. So um, if it comes like, hey, Father, why aren't you doing this, this, this? Like, that's not going to get received real well. But, right. But when you just send something and say, hey, Father, like we are, even as we miss being able to gather together as a family, we can only imagine the ache that you have of not being able to gather together with us. And we've been praying for you. Right. And we've been trying to ask the Lord some ideas for whatever these are worth. Here they are. This is our family's ideas. We're, we're, not, we're not doing this with a sense of like, where are you? We're just going, we just presume you have so much on your mind and so much on your plate as you're trying to juggle, you know, financial implications from this shutdown and whatnot. We wanted to present this to you. Like that is a huge gift. And what a paradigm priest. shift that is too. Rather than being the bystander waiting for our pastor to come up with something, 
we love you so much and this is our community and because we love you we're thinking and praying with you right so practically it could be a live stream mass if you're not doing that lots of guys are could be a weekly homily on a sunday some guys are doing that some guys aren't but we really want to encourage some sort of daily reflection on the word of god that you give to your people that you either pastor or you assist the pastor to do because I got a text from one of my sisters today. She just said, like, we are screaming for people to teach the word of God. It's all we have right now. And when it comes from those men whom God has appointed to be spiritual fathers to a particular family, that's just gold. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't matter if you're Bishop Barron or Fulton Sheen. The word of God is the word of God. And the gospel's power when it's proclaimed, not the messenger of the gospel. Just prayerfully discern, Lord, what do you want to say today through me to us, your family at St. Paul's or St. Cunegunda's or All Saints or wherever it might be, right? Because God's got something he wants to share to his people and he wants to share it through you. So... We're grateful for everybody listening. We're praying for all our priests in a very special way right now. And those who are closest around him, let's just all of us collectively ask the Father to pour out his spirit to anoint them right now so that he would uh, open up their ears to be able to hear what it is that he's asking of them, mindful that he's got a plan, he's got a blueprint, that he's not nervous, and that they will have the courage to just step into some new ways of doing this. Until we get together next week, remember, do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this.